Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of aesthetic PA, expert injector, national trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen we are here to drop knowledge cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way hey everybody welcome to through thick and skin podcast episode number 20 I'm your host Megan Patterson and I am solo for this episode we're gonna try something a little different this time it feels a little weird just talking to myself but I love talking about myself so I think this will be fairly easy it's just me and my sound engineer today Sean and we are going to, uh, he's just going to be listening to me talking to myself. So I hope he's okay with that. Sean does say that he learns so many things from our podcast as a hetero cis male. So make sure to share this with everybody in your life, okay? There's a little through thick and skin podcast for everybody. But today's topic that we're going to cover all by my lonesome is how to build confidence. I had asked you guys a few days ago in the stories of our Instagram if you'd be interested in learning tips and tricks on how to build confidence. Um, So I kind of took this episode on for myself because I think I'm pretty well-versed in how to build confidence. Um, (laughs) Aaron, I'm sure, lacks confidence in certain areas, but this is really my strong suit is how to build confidence in a world that tells you not to be confident in a world that doesn't make you feel like you fit into it. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about, how to build confidence. But, you know, just to give you guys a little background, I've talked about my my past and in previous episodes, like what it was like growing up in high school and what it was like in, in uh, you know, going to St. Lucy's and things like that. Um, but, you know, I, if you guys haven't met me in person, I'm kind of a force to be reckoned with. Um, I'm not much in the treatment these days or the facial bar, but in the very beginning, I was client facing. So a lot of people met me in person and got a sense for me physically. And I am definitely not petite. I am nearly six feet tall. I'm 5'11 and three quarters. I'm I'm a a thick chick, okay? I throw a lot of weight uh, around and I I wear it pretty well, you know, but it wasn't always like that. When I was in middle school, I I mean, I was 5'9 in eighth grade. And uh, as most of you know, middle school and high school can be a very tough place to navigate you know your puberty you're growing into your body you're you're getting romantic feelings you're worrying about your skin you're breaking out you 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 know you're starting to sweat you start your period you have growth spurts you know you're flat chested or you get your boobs really young like it's just awkward as hell to be a middle schooler uh, and for me not only was it awkward by just existing but on top of that I was taller than everybody I mean I was taller than most parents I was taller than my teachers right Um, And I was also very flat chested and I was just chubby. I did not have self-confidence. Like I was very, it's funny because other people would, would disagree like, oh, but Megan, like you, you know, you did music, you were like class president, like you, yes. And I learned at a very young age, you have to fake it till you make it when it comes to confidence. You know, um, fortunately I have parents that were very uplifting and I had, uh, you know, family members that never made me feel bad for looking a certain type of way for, you know, they never made fun of me for being, you know, chunky or chubby or, you know, I won't use the F word because that might be 
be triggering for some people, but you know, I'm a, I'm a big girl, like in not just beyond my weight. I am literally bigger than most people listening to this podcast. I'm taller than your dad. How much you want to bet? <laughs> um, you know, so in eighth grade, I was five, nine. And um, luckily I had things that, that instilled confidence in me. Like I was, um, you know, in a philanthropy organization called National Charity League. And I won different awards because I made the most, you know, handcrafted items that we donated to hospitals. I also volunteered in hospitals. I also, um, you know, was part of clubs that made me feel good about myself. I also ran for, like I said, student body. So with all that being said, you know, I was able to navigate middle school and high school without hating myself too much because I had all these esteemable things going on in my life that were beyond how I looked. Because I never got asked to dances. I never got asked by a man to a dance. I always asked the boy. I was never the girl to be, you know, hit on at a, at a kegger or whatever. I was always the biggest girl. I was always the largest girl. And I always had friends that were half my size. So like in high school parties, guys would come up to me and be like, hey, Megan, like, can you hook me up with what's her name? Or can you can I holler at what's her name? Like I was like the gatekeeper to all my haughty little friends. Um, but I was very well liked as far as like, I mean, I always had the booze. Uh, that's another episode that we could touch on. But, um, you know, for me. I was always very well liked because I had a very developed personality. I've always been a funny person. I've always had a great sense of humor. I always like to make people feel comfortable regardless of where they came from, race, creed, how they identify, um, you know, and so that really helped boost my confidence. So how does that lead to today, right? So to give you guys a little background on high school and middle school, like, you know, I wasn't the top choice. I was not the homecoming queen, but I doubt there was anybody out there that couldn't say that I was fun and that I was funny and that I, uh, you know, and everyone's parents loved me because I was so kind and polite and I always took my shoes off and I always called them Mrs. So-and-so, you know, um, I was definitely a polite little kid. So how does that lead to me being an adult six foot till still big bodied woman in this world? This isn't an episode on body positivity. I, I don't consider myself a body pause activist. Um, that's I'm, I'm more of like a Megan positive activist. So where I'm at now in life is somewhere I thought I'd never, ever, ever, ever get to in life. I really thought I would never be able to achieve this sense of serenity, peacefulness, and self-acceptance before dying. I swear to God, you guys, I'm not exaggerating. I really thought for many years of my adult life that I would be destined to just self-hatred and lack of self-acceptance and that I would just find a guy who put up with my self-hatred and then we'd get married just to, to meet society's standards and then I'd buy a house to meet society's standards and then I'd get a job that I just schlepped to because of society's standards and I would just secretly always hate myself and hate my body and no I have a like I have this secret you guys and it doesn't come with a certain age. I, I asked my older friends who are, I, I mostly hang out with older people. And I would ask my friends who are in their 40s, say, you know, when am I going to accept myself and love myself? And they'd say, oh, usually around when you're 30, hit your 30s, then my 30th birthday came. Nope. I was in the deepest depression of my adulthood. What the hell? Then they said, no, when you get settled down with a man, I am super single. You know, where is this man to validate me and tell me that I'm beautiful and give me the self-confidence? Nope. It doesn't come from that. It is an inside job. And you might be hearing this. I can hear you guys rolling your eyes right now. I can hear you sucking your teeth like 
inside job. Yeah, right, Megan. No, my confidence is going to come when I drop that baby weight. My confidence is going to come when I get rid of my stretch marks. My confidence is going to come when I get my nose job. You could have that confidence right now, and I'm going to spill the beans and tell you guys how to do that. So these are a couple tips and tricks. I had to actually write these down because I have so many good ones and I didn't want to forget to tell you guys what they are. So first things first, okay, you guys, the talks that you have with yourself in the mirror when you're naked or in an outfit or in your underwear, every time that you talk shit on yourself and tear yourself apart for all the little imperfections you think that your body has, you are chipping away at your self-confidence. If you look at your self-confidence as, as this beautiful, you know, like bust, okay? And everything, you think it's not a big deal to say, damn, you look fat in that. Or like, God, like if only your tits were bigger, you know, like you'd finally get a man. Or like, you know what? You really should not be wearing those shorts because you look like a torta in those shorts. I could see your cellulitis hanging out. It's not a good look. Every little, every time you say that to yourself, you are just disintegrating the self-love, all right? If you do that in front of people, especially, if you talk shit on yourself, on your body, in front of your husband, your partner, your uh, best friend, your children, you are sending them the message that you are not worthy of self-love. You are also putting your loved ones in a very uncomfortable situation. When you grab your love handle in front of your husband and say, babe, I'm so fat. I don't even know why you're with me. What is your husband supposed to say to that? Will your husband say something that will change your mind and be like, you're right, husband. I do need to focus on my self-love and self-acceptance. You're right, husband. My love handle does not define me as a person. Thank you so much for mentioning that to me. Nah. Your poor husband's sitting there in the corner being like, God damn, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to ruin the night. We're going to ruin the dinner date we have because she feels fat in that outfit. Great. It makes everybody around you feel uncomfortable when you hate on your body in front of them. Okay. I have had friends who would continuously talk smack on their bodies saying how fat they felt and they are half my size. Think about that. I would be sitting there getting ready with a girlfriend. She's a size six. I'm a size 12 and she's saying, God, I look like such a fat pig. And I'm over here twice her size with the extra hundred pounds on her. <laughs> you know what I mean? How does that make the other people feel in your life? So rule number one or like suggestion number one, I would say, is that when that negative hater pops up in your head, please do us all a favor. Do the friends and family and loved ones in your life. Don't talk smack about yourself in front of your loved ones. It puts everybody in an dis- uncomfortable place. It's also a very twisted form of self-centeredness. Marinate on that for a second. When you talk smack on yourself, you are bogarting the conversation. You are sucking the all the air out of the room. When you say, God, I, I'm such a blob. What does that do for anybody? Okay, it's it's you're making the conversation all about you. You're making everybody uncomfortable. You're totally killing the you know killing the vibe, and it's not a fun place to be. So really check your self-centered thinking when you're holding people hostage and talking smack on your body. Okay, so that inner hater—that's what I call it. Instead of like a devil and an angel on your shoulder, I call that voice my inner hater. My inner hater looks like a little cartoon character of like the a cartoon bully. You know what I mean? Whether it's that like cartoon bully on the Simpsons or think of that mean girl in that Lindsay Lohan movie, like that's the inner hater. 
that is wanting to drag you down and break you down and perpetuate that idea that you're not good enough because of the way you look and you're not sexy enough and you're not fuckable and you're not attractive, okay? That's the inner hater that when that inner hater pops up, I say, bye, okay, inner hater. I don't know what you're trying to do right now, but I'm doing a lot of work right now on this self-love and you can just leave now. Please exit the building, the building being my mind. So what I would do when that inner hater would pop up and some days it would be really loud. And you know what the days when it was really loud is when I wasn't taking care of myself, okay? Which leads to the next thing, self-care, all right? You might not think it's a big deal to floss your teeth, shave your legs, do a deep conditioning treatment, put on a white strip, put on some self-tanner, okay? And I'm not saying that if you do all those things, you will suddenly, you know, lose the weight you want and be a total hot toddy and love yourself entirely. But little little actions you can take in the in the realm of self-care will do wonders, okay? Treatment mask. Put that on. You feel minty, tingly. You feel like you did something well. You, you did something beautiful and kind to yourself. When you do little things like that, you're sending your body the message that I love you and I want to take care of you. And it doesn't have to be a $30 mint mask. It could be brushing your teeth every night. And for some of you, you might be like, who doesn't brush their teeth every night? You know, when you're in a really depressive state, it's hard to do things like brush your teeth, wash your hair, make your bed. And for people who don't suffer from depression, that might be completely hard to grasp. But for those who do suffer from depression, I get it. I understand how it could be absolutely crippling to wash and dry your hair some days. But trust me, baby girl, when you do that and then you go to the store and you're feeling yourself, it's going to be a little, you know, adding a little bit to that self-confidence bank, a little penny at a time. So acts of self-care can be really, really amazing. Another little tip is to wear clothes that you feel comfortable in. I knew a woman who she would not wear jeans without like a certain elastic percentage in it because she felt that wearing jeans made her feel so restricted and like uh, muffin topped that she just she all she hated herself in jeans and she was like then one day I just realized like where's the rule that I have to wear jeans like every time I wear a pair of jeans I hate my body so she's like I just have this unspoken rule with myself is like I don't wear denim jeans She'll wear a maxi skirt, a maxi dress. She'll wear leggings. She'll wear a cute little A-line skirt that goes above her waist. And I was like, that is mind-blowing. Nobody talks about that. So bottom line, don't wear, don't wear clothes you don't feel comfortable in. If you don't feel comfortable, you know what I mean? Like don't, don't wear jeans that make you feel restricted. Get baggier jeans or wear leggings, okay? Because we want to start to train that inner hater to stop talking shit. And what I did was I made kind of like this, um, I started like counting days on how many days I went without my inner hater rearing its ugly head. So I've been on a streak. I mean, since early January, I haven't had a moment where I've dragged my body and said like, oh God, like, girl, your fupa is getting bigger. If you guys don't know what a fupa is, F-U-P-A, look it up. Fat upper poop area, okay? Or panza, you know, the panza area. I haven't because this is the thing. Everyone, how you feel about your body is your own business. That's not my business to discuss your body. It's not my business to drag you if you like to not shave your legs. If you want to keep your legs hairy or your armpits hairy, that's you. That's your thing. If you feel confident that way, then do you. 
For me, I feel confident when I'm wearing a dress that I feel sexy in, when I'm showing off a little chichi, a little cleavage, when my legs are shaved, when my eyebrows are threaded, my kitties wax, I got a spray tan, I just got a bleach and tone, maybe I have some tracks in for a full head of hair. That's when I feel confident and I am unstoppable. That is me personally what makes me feel very, very confident. For some people, they feel confident when they could press a 200-pound rack of weights. Hell yeah. I also feel confident when I do that too. I feel confident when I could run for three minutes without stopping. You know, like little things like that. That leads to my other uh, tip for self-confidence boosting is move your body. And no, I'm not going to tell you lose weight to boost your confidence. That is so trite, so whack, and so unnecessary. Like if you want to use the number on the scale to determine your self-worth, it's going to be very hard to be happy. It's going to be very, very hard to be happy. I let that idea go a long time ago because as a six foot tall woman, I easily weigh over 200 pounds. You know what I mean? Like it's like, that's kind of like the norm. And so to compare myself to women who are five feet tall and 95, 105 pounds, I'm never going to win. I'm always going to lose because of my body composition. My bones alone weigh like 160. So <laughs> my muscles, my titties alone weigh 40 pounds. So I am not going to be like winning if I'm look if I'm if I'm gauging my self-worth on a number, right? Um, also a size. Yeah, my size fluctuates, you know what I mean? I really let go of that because the idea of like my life will be perfect when I reach a certain weight or my life will be perfect once I fit in a certain size. What will happen when I get to that certain weight? And when I get to that certain size, I have been there. And my life was still not perfect, which is a total mind fuck. Like, what do you mean? Like, that was all I wanted was to get to 189, you know, and I got to that number. And then I was like, I'm still lonely and I'm still sad. And that's why I keep, you know, referring to this as an inside job, right? So, you know, for some people, you know, being over a certain amount of weight is uncomfortable for physical reasons. You feel uncomfortable when you're exercising or you feel uncomfortable when your thighs are shaping. And that's fine. Once again, it's none of my business how people perceive their bodies. But if you find that you are being paralyzed by the self-hatred and the negative self-talk that, you that you're giving yourself, you can easily change that by when that negative hater pops up, change the subject. Or just say, I hear you, hater, but I'm gonna ask you to leave this conversation. Thank you. And then get into gratitude. That's the next step. Be grateful. So, you know, when I would be on these, these kicks where I'm like, I'm going to work out and I'm going to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to meet the man of my dreams and I'm going to finally wear a bikini with confidence. And then I don't lose the weight. I don't feel confident in the bikini and my life is ruined. I give up working out altogether, although working out feels amazing. As much as I drag ass to do my Orange Theory, when I'm done, I feel like the hottest shit ever because I had crushed my personal goal. I had increased my heart rate. I felt flexible. I felt strong. My coach was cheering me on saying, damn, Megan, look at you hitting those squats or like, look at how strong you are. Not like, oh, my, my arms are finally looking skinny. No, it's because I felt good. I was honoring my body. So what really helped me when I was doing this whole like self-love confidence building was I was I, instead of being like, Ugh, you, you, this, that, or the other, picking my body apart, I said, wow, these legs can carry all this ass. Like, wow, these legs can run down the street. Or, wow, these big feet can slide me across the boardwalk at the beach when I'm roller skating. Or, you know, these arms, as big as they are, 
can lift me, can, can push me, can my hands can do, you know what I mean? Like really I'm talking about breaking down the gratitude where it's like, I'm so grateful for my teeth. Like, I'm so grateful my teeth can chew food. I'm so grateful for, um, you know, my, my eyeballs that can see. I'm grateful for my ears that could hear. And we're staying in gratitude all the time, even though we want to pick apart. Because you guys, we are, you know, this is called like rewiring years of negative self-talk. You know, it's unfortunate that some people grew up in families where they saw their mothers picking apart their bodies, where they had mothers saying, you probably shouldn't eat that, or fathers that said, you look fat, or, you know, family members that teased you. So I feel for the people who experienced that, where like, even as children, they were conditioned to think that they weren't good enough because of their physical outward appearance. But there is hope, all right? And I didn't find all of this on my own. I get a lot of outside help. I have had therapists for my entire adult life. I do Reiki work. I also do meditation. That's another thing that took me years to reach and achieve. I used to think that meditation was for gurus. I also used to think that if I wasn't levitating and meditating for at least an hour, that my meditation was not worth it, that it wasn't effective. But meditation for me, um, I usually do it guided. I usually do it uh, in the morning for about anywhere from two to 10 to 20 minutes where it's simply being quiet with myself. And I don't know how it works, but it just does. Also, I think taking the time out to care for yourself and giving yourself two, 10, 20 minutes. I mean, for people with children and husbands and stuff, you know, like figure out how to do it for me as a single childless woman. It's a priority. It makes an absolute difference in my day if I don't meditate in the morning. So, you know, you could find guided meditations online. Uh, if you simply want to set a timer for five minutes and sit in quiet, that's amazing too. And don't beat yourself up because if you're a perfectionist, you're always going to fail. Think about that. If you are a perfectionist, meaning that you have to have things perfect, you will always fail, which will fuel your inner hater, okay? And you are never going to achieve perfection because perfection doesn't exist, right? So really, really think about that when you're like, it has to be perfect. What is perfect? Perfect doesn't exist. It's in a fantasy land. So you're always going to fail if you want things to be perfect, right? So do the best that you can. So let's see about the rest of my list. Oh, the other thing is really, this is a hard one, but if you guys refer to our last episode about how to uh, dump a client or how to break up with a toxic friend, really check your social circle and look at your friends and if you have friends who you feel less than when you're with them, or if you feel like you can't be completely yourself around them, check the friendship. You know, I have had to have bottom line conversations with the friend who continuously talked smack on her body, who continuously dragged her body and said how ugly and disgusting she was. Because to be honest, guys, I was just sick of being there telling her, oh, no, you look skinny, girl. You look snatched. Like, have you been drinking lemon water? Because it was like talking to a brick wall to... The point where I did not want to hang out with her. I did not enjoy hanging out with her or spending time with her. Also, I was continuing with my own self-love journey. I was getting help with therapy. And whenever I would hang out with that friend who was talking shit on her body, I felt like I was regressing. It felt like I was throwing away all the work I had done in therapy away. Because I was kind of like, damn, maybe you're right. If she thinks she's fat, I should think I'm fat. So I said, hey, when you talk smack on your body, it makes me feel very sad. Because I'm doing a lot of work to uplift my body and my body's bigger than yours. So when you talk smack on your body, I feel like I'm being talked smack on. And I said, I got to give you some time to work this out. I don't enjoy spending time with you when you hate yourself so much. 
and it shook her to her core. And we had to take a little break, and she's doing much better now, so we're able to have a friendship. Um, but really, you do, life is too short to spend time with people who hate themselves. You could, of course, be there for a friend who's having a tough time. Never abandon a friend who's having a tough time. But I also firmly believe in boundaries. And you do not need to hang out with people who hate themselves because that toxicity will rub off on you. And if you're doing all this amazing self-love work, you're just going to – it's going to disappear. It's going to fall through your fingers when you hang out with people who hate themselves too. No, nah, life is too short, okay? So also – Ask yourself when your inner hater is talking smack on you, would you would you talk to your, your friend like that? If your friend was checking herself out in the mirror, would you pick her apart and be like, damn, girl, your muffin top is really showing in that outfit. You should probably change. Or, girl, like, are you really going to show up with, you know, your acne like that? Like, you're so broken out. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't even be seen in public with a breakout like that. You would never talk to a friend like that. You would never talk to a loved one like that. So why would you talk to yourself like that? Think about that. The next time that inner hater pops up, ask yourself, would I talk to my, would I talk to my sister like this? Would I? And if you do talk to your friends or your loved ones like that, you need to check yourself, okay? Because that is very, very um, sad behavior, right? The other thing to remember, you know, I used to, you know, being in high school and not being asked out to dances or not being, you know not having guys want to make out with me and stuff <laughs> at keggers it made me really sad you know but I was also kind of wise beyond my years like I was the chick in high school who at 16 was copping at the liquor stores because I had the attitude of a grown-ass woman you know I was super duper confident uh which was faked fake it till you make it you guys that is like my tagline that is my motto if the only thing you listen to or take away from this episode is this one-liner fake it till you make it Fake that confidence. Even if you feel like, ooh, you know, once again, if that inner hater pops up and be like, girl, I hope nobody's taking pictures of you from the side because you didn't have your Spanx on and your fupa is probably popping right now. Nope, fake it till you make it. Because the other thing, guess what, you guys? Nobody's thinking about you as much as you're thinking about yourself. Nobody is checking you out as much as you're checking yourself out. Nobody is looking at the, the hair on your toe like you are. Nobody cares. Do you think nobody has ever seen cellulite before? Or a stretch mark, okay? Like, and, you know, once again, self-obsession can be very, very poisonous. Remove the self-obsession with yourself and, like, put your head out of your, like, self-obsessed self butt and, like, be present at a party. Be present at a wedding. Be present at a, at, at a birthday function and stop thinking about yourself so much. That really helped me, too, is, like, nobody is caring about how fat my arms look right now nobody is caring people are just happy i'm here people are just happy that i'm having a great conversation having some good drinks and food so also the other thing that really helped me with the self-confidence is realizing that not every person on this planet will like me like i cannot be liked by everybody not every man on this planet will be physically attracted to me or think i'm sexy it's impossible it is impossible because I will be to this, to that, or not enough this or not enough that to be liked by everybody. But see, if I wasn't authentic to myself and I was in and I tried to be, if I was trying to be a chameleon to be liked by everybody, it's very exhausting and it's inauthentic. So, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard this saying before, like you could be the juiciest peach, but somebody doesn't like peaches. Peaches are cool, but I personally, I feel like I'm a honey crisp apple. Like Honeycrisp apples are super special, they're huge, they're juicy, they're firm, they're kind of expensive, 
You can't find them everywhere. You know, you don't get them everywhere. They're bigger than most apples, but like they are the bomb, right? But somebody out there would prefer like purple grapes. You know, I personally think purple grapes are whack. And like what you give to like preschool kids, like why not have a delicious honey crisp apple like me over here? But then the guy over there wants a grape, a Concord grape, like ugh. because guess what? Not everybody likes big blonde women with tits the size of planets. They just don't. Okay. Some guys like smaller petite girls, you know, like it's just, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea and that's okay. And once I really embrace that, that like guys might not be physically attracted to me and they might not want to have sex with me. It doesn't mean I'm less of a person. It doesn't mean I'm less valuable. Like it's, it was mind blowing to me that like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Just like every man on this planet is not my cup of tea because beyond my physicality is an amazing personality is a great storyteller is somebody who cares for others and makes people feel important and makes people feel special. And that whole package combined makes me an attractive person. Okay. So let's see. Integrity. Integrity is also a huge confidence builder. So my definition of integrity is do what you say and say what you do, right? Like I'd like to think that on my tombstone when I die, it will say Megan showed the fuck up. Megan showed up when she said she would. Megan helped me move when nobody else wanted to help me move. Megan visited me in the hospital when nobody wanted to visit me. Megan helped me do that really awkward thing when I didn't want to be alone. Like, because that will build your confidence. So we're going to kind of move away from the physical, like how to build confidence, like how to build confidence, wear clothes you feel good in, put on a spray tan, um, you know, like groom yourself and, uh, you know, like stop, stop talking shit on your body. Now we're going to move more into the inside job aspect of the self-confidence. Being a woman of integrity is huge for me. Absolutely huge. Okay. I think being a flake will diminish your self-confidence. Uh, if you have a reputation for being a flake, really look at that. I mean, seriously, like if your friends joke around like, oh shit, like I thought you'd flake. Really take a look at that and be like, am I a flake? Why am I a flake? Why am I disrespecting other people's time? What is really underneath that? And a therapist could help you with that. I can't give you that answer, but really marinate on that and, and check your self-awareness. Like, I don't want to be considered a flake because I think that diminishes my self-confidence. I want to be known that people can depend on me, right? That people will know I will be there. That really helped with my self-confidence was when my integrity was developed. So doing what I say and saying what I do, that's the definition of integrity. So check your integrity, okay? Also do esteemable acts to build your self-esteem. What does that mean? It could be something very obvious like volunteering. It could also be just by, you know, being a person that shows up on time. If you are a chronic late person, look at that. I think it's hugely disrespectful to play with somebody's time by being late. This is known since I've been working at the treatment that like being on time to your appointment is actually being late, you know, but if you are a if you're chronically late, check that behavior and really ask yourself, why are you being late? You know, like you're disrespect disrespecting somebody's time, whether you think it's not a big deal or not, you know, and don't blame it. Be like, oh, I'm Latina. That's why I'm always late. Nah, you're just late, period. You're fucking late and you're disrespecting somebody's time. You want to build confidence? Be on time and get there early and ask, how could I help? 
You know, you want to build confidence. You have a friend who's throwing a birthday party or a baby shower. Say, hey, how could I be of help? How could I be of service? Could I help set up early? You know, and this stuff doesn't take money, right? Volunteering doesn't take money. So this episode is not about like, oh, you want to build confidence? Get a tummy tuck and get your boobs done and get a nose job. Nah, if those things are very important to you, by all means, do you, okay? By all means, if your, you know, saggy boobies are bothering you, then get a lift or accept your saggy boobies, one or the other. Stop talking shit on your saggy boobies, okay? Because <laughs> I'm kind of regressing. I'm going back to the beginning of the episode where it's like, life is too short to not get your tits done, okay? If you want to get a boob job, get a boob job and stop complaining about it, all right? Or accept the fact that you're part of the itty bitty titty committee. That's it. It's that simple. Stop holding people hostage when you're talking smack on your body. Okay, I digress. So um, these things don't cost money to build up your self-esteem. So I'm not saying spend thousands of dollars on plastic surgery or get filler from us or anything like that. All I'm simply saying is how you could build your self-esteem from a personality standpoint is be an esteemable person. Have pride in yourself. Be known for something like, ooh, Megan is known for always showing up and always staying late. Megan is known for always bringing the bomb potato salad, you know, like really develop a, a develop a, a personality aspect. Like this might be something you don't want to hear, but like if you're boring, do something about it. Bring something more to the table than a hot body. Cause you know what? Being hot fades. I, I have a lot of guy friends. Um, that's the other thing I, I would suggest is develop friendship, develop platonic friendships to people that you're attracted to. So me as a heterosexual woman, I have a lot of male friendships that are platonic and um, that are a great like symbiotic relationship where it's not me trying to have sex with them and they're not trying to hook up with me, but we truly have things in common. Like we're into music or, you know, and they could even have girlfriends. That was the one thing I didn't realize was super important is have platonic relationships with the sex you're, sex you're attracted to, you know? So if you're a gay woman, you know, have friendships that aren't just based on like, should we hook up? No, just have really developed friendships. Be a good friend. That develops amazing self-confidence as well. Also, just be really good at something. And I don't mean you have to like be the best gymnast or the best, you know, like painter. I'm saying be known amongst your friends and family for being like the best banana baker. Like, oh my gosh, like Megan is known for her banana bread. Like be known for being able to like do the splits. <laughs> I've been trying to learn how to do the splits all during quarantine. <laughs> like what a cool party trick. If I was just like, hey guys, I've never, boom. And then I drop into the splits, you know, as a big girl, that would be hilarious. And one day I will get to that. But for me, my personal, um, like my party trick is that I'm an amazing roller skater. I'm an amazing karaoke singer. My other personality trait is I make anybody feel comfortable. When I see an uncomfortable person at a party, it's almost like I have like, I like focus on them like with laser precision. I can see from your body language if you're uncomfortable or not confident from a mile away. I can smell it because I was once that person, arms folded, crouched over because I don't want to be in all of my six foot tall body, you know, just like out in the cut. Like I shouldn't be here. I don't deserve to be at a fun wedding or a party. No, I see you. I see you as an unconfident person. And I say, come on, let's dance. Come on, let's grab a drink. 
because some of you guys need to be loose on the goose to really get confidence, which whatever. If you have a problem with that, though, I'm stone cold sober. So like I do stuff that people think, are you wasted? I'm like, no, you know, like I'll hop on a microphone and like and steal the show. And people are like, damn, she must have been shit faced. Nope. I'm actually very sober because what I realize is like anybody in that crowd who sees me hop on the microphone and like crush a Roberta Flack song, they're hating themselves. Because I'm having fun. I'm bringing joy to the bride and groom. I'm having a fantastic time. I'm the life of the party. And it's not expected that every person should be the life of the party. But for me, what I'm getting to is that I have things that I have personality traits that I've developed over years. Uh, I was born with a voice, you know, so I, I have fun with that. But I also built up my confidence by doing something scary. Like when I was younger, I always wanted to roller skate. And I learned how to roller skate and I became really good you know, to the point where I could backwards skate and I could shoot the duck and I could do transitions and I still skate today. There is no feeling like skating on the beach, you know, with a, with my little biker shorts on, some good music, wind blowing in my hair, doing something that feels kind of scary, but also extremely liberating and freeing. I feel very confident in my roller skates. So you might be doing a, a, a mental checklist, like an inventory, like shit. I don't know how to do the splits. I don't know how to make banana bread. I don't know how to roller skate. I don't know how to sing. What am I good for? No, this is not an episode to make yourself feel bad about yourself. This is an episode for me to help you highlight. What are you good at? Can you do an amazing winged eyeliner? At, when you're getting ready with your girls, do all the girls get in line because they're like, Megan knows how to put on fake eyelashes like a boss. Did, you know, like really, really be known for that and 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 lift that up about yourself or like, Megan makes me feel so comfortable like at parties. That is something that does not take flexibility, athleticism, a hidden talent to develop that personality trait, right? That is going to help build your confidence to be a person that people enjoy having around. They enjoy having you around beyond your physicality. They enjoy having you around because you enhance the situation. Even if you are a shy, quiet person, if you like to sit in the cut and just watch things, but you know, they know that you will you're great with children or you're great with old people or you will happily pick up the old person you know you'll happily take the abuelita home you know because she doesn't drive or something like that like build your self-esteem by being a really nice person that leads to my other thing another very slept on hidden tip or secret tip to building confidence be nice being nice is such a sexy trait such a sexy trait think about it have you ever been in an elevator and some quote unquote ugly dude walks in and says, hey, how's it going? You got any hot plans for the weekend? And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> like you're all of a sudden nervous. You're like, oh my God. Like, is he really asking me what I'm doing this weekend? Oh my God. And he's kind of ugly. And then he walks out and he's like, cool, we'll take it easy. And you're like, oh, who was he? I don't know about you guys, but I have that experience where I'm like, this dude was physically not my type, but just made me feel a certain sort of way because he was nice. He was kind and he made me feel like I was being paid attention to. So I took that moment. I have, I've been with dudes who are quote unquote ugly or not attractive or shorter than me or bigger than me or whatever, or my, my arm is bigger than their thigh, okay? That is a trip. When, you, when you're with a skinny dude and you're like, I'm gonna break him. I'm gonna snap him in half. Oh my God, if I get on top, he's gonna fold like a tortilla. Well, guess what? He won't <laughs> because if, he knows what he's getting into, okay? That's the other thing. People think 
oh, you know, if I get naked, you know, if I get naked, I got to turn the lights off right away and I got to run from the bathroom to the bed and get under the covers. Listen, girl, he knows what he's getting into. It is no surprise when you're naked. <laughs> okay. He's probably just more stoked that he gets to see you naked, that he gets to touch you naked. Okay. So really leave the whole idea that you have, like once you bag a dude, you got it. No, he knows what he's getting into. Even if he's blind, he can feel your body. He knows that you're a little fluffier on the thick side or that you got big feet or you got big ears or whatever. Like, who cares? All right. And insecurity is also it's in, insecurity is like a palpable. Uh, it's something that it can be kind of like a turnoff. You know, if somebody's insecure, you know, somebody it, it's not. Whereas have you heard guys been like, I don't know, dude, she's just super confident. You know, I have a twin brother. And, you know, he, we, we, we have talks, you know, we talk about, you know, just like relationship stuff. And it's interesting because, you know, he would say like lately our, our conversations about relationships, he's like, there's nothing more confident. There's nothing more sexy or attractive than a confident woman, you know? And I'm like, that is so true. Just like with a man. And there's a difference between confidence and cocky, because if you're arrogant or cocky, ooh, if you're like bouncing your pecs in the mirror you know what I mean? Or checking yourself out in the mirror. I'm like, bye. I'd rather be with Chris Farley, hands down. I'd rather be with a dude who laughs and, and has a good time and likes to make people feel comfortable. That is my type. When people are like, Megan, what's your type? It's never a physical thing. You know, when I was in college, I thought I had to be like all the other girls and be like, oh, he has to be at least six two. you know, blue eyes, brown hair. No, for me, my type of dude, emotionally available, good tipper funny giver okay that is my type the best lover I've ever had in my life was five five and a redhead okay like people are blown away by that like oh my god Megan how could you be with a dude who's smaller than you you just do because it's the it's the mind sex it's the je ne sais quoi it's the way they look at you it's the way they connect with you if they're confident in themselves and you're confident in yourself what everybody else thinks about you could kick rocks you know what I mean? People might think, oh, she looks bigger than him or she's taller than him or whatever. At the end of the day, you're the one sleeping with the dude. You're the one spending the time with him. Everyone else on the internet can eat a D as far as I'm concerned when it comes to their opinion. This did not come overnight, my people. This was not something that I just woke up one day and decided. This is years of work, okay? I'm 35 years old. I'm single. I still weigh more than like my goal weight or whatever, but something just clicked. And I think it had to do with the fact that I told my inner hater to kick rocks. And I said, you're not welcome back here. You're just not, you're, you're, you're nothing. You're nothing of service. You're not helpful for me. You talking shit is not going to break me down to lose weight or to go keto or to work out more. That negative self-talk is never going to be productive. Okay. Also, you know, going back to being nice, I liked to, to when I wanted to build up my self-confidence and I practiced on store clerks, which sounds super bizarre. You know, the idea of like making eye contact with a dude at a bar and smiling at him makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Like Cosmos, 12 tips on how to get a guy to talk to you at a bar. Look at him, bite your lip and smile and hold it for five seconds. Then look at your Cosmo and stir it up and he will be 
going gaga over you. All that shit is so whack. So I was just like, you know what I'm going to start out with? My therapist was like, just practice on people that you aren't afraid of. All this comes down to fear, right? We're always afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of not being liked. We're afraid of somebody saying, ew, are you really hitting on me? Get out of here, you hag. You know, that is what I would fear. So I would, at the checkout at like Trader Joe's, I'd see a cute checkout clerk. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Because guess what? I got to leave this transaction in like a minute. So I'll have an easy way out. And he's checking out my food, you know, and, and he's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You got any hot plans for the weekend? And they're like, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, no, no, I don't know. Like, um, you know, I like to Frisbee golf. I'm like, ooh, Frisbee golf. That's awesome. You must be like really athletic. That's really cool that you have like hobbies and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Like, I kind of do have hobbies. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Have fun. And I just wa I sashay away. And they're left like, who was that confident ass woman that I think just hit on me? Who was she? I need to know who she is. And those little interactions, those little exchanges with the people where I wasn't saying anything creepy. I wasn't saying anything. I, the way I was talking to him was like the same way I would talk to an elderly woman. Like I wasn't overtly sexual. I wasn't like, man, you're so hot. Your arms are so big. I was simply practicing being very, very nice to somebody and making them feel special and important. And those little interactions built up so that when there was finally a man in front of me, who I thought was attractive and that I wanted to holler at, I was already oiled up and greased, ready to flirt. And he could have easily, you know, and I, I have told dudes like, I think you're cute. I want to be more than your friend. And they're like, oop, <laughs> oop, um, mm, you're going to make me blush. <laughs> and then they don't respond. And I'm like, ooh, I guess they're not into me like that. Like I give them the opportunity to be like, damn, but I don't take that personal. Bottom line, people, don't take things personal. Never think that a guy doesn't like you because of the cellulite on your ass. Never think that a guy doesn't like you because your titties have stretch marks on them. Never think that a guy doesn't like you because of how much you weigh. Like, it's, it's way beyond that. You know, like, it is so, so beyond that. And if you are spending all this time obsessing about your body and not developing a personality a hobby set, an interest, a passion, you are doing the wrong thing, okay? I'm not saying don't lose weight. No, I'm not saying that at all. If you feel confident and you feel sexy as a certain after dropping a certain weight, go ahead and do that. But also at the same time, don't drag yourself for not being that certain weight yet, okay? So let me see what else I got here on my, my Megan's tips. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So um, finding that hobby, right? So doing something that makes you scared. So say you are an adult woman. Say you're listening to this podcast and you are not a woman in your 20s or your 30s. Say you are an older woman who is already married. You've already had children or maybe your husband has passed or you're a single older woman. And you're like, Megan, I don't go to bars to pick up men. I don't flirt with men at Trader Joe's, you know. Beyond the confidence of like attracting or like confidence in your body, the confidence you can build in yourself as a person is to face your fears. And I'm not saying go bungee jump. That's so trite. What I'm saying is if you've always had a desire to be artistic and you've always wanted to try a ceramics class, but you're like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm so sloppy. I'm so messy. You know, I, you know, I have arthritis. I can't use this one thumb or, or gosh, everyone in there is going to be half my age. Do it. Do it to prove to yourself that you're not going to die 
by trying something new that scares you. Okay, sign up for a half marathon because all these little things that you accomplish that you survive and you didn't die from builds more self-confidence. So for me, what that looks like is I am a I am avoidant when it comes to confrontation and difficult things. I want everybody to like me. I'm what's called a people pleaser. I want everybody and their mama to like me. And when they don't, I am devastated because I place so much importance and value on what other people think of me. Okay, this was old Megan. New Megan is like. 50% of that. Yes, I still care what people think about me, but I'm not devastated and I don't lose sleep over it. Okay. So I have had to have difficult conversation with guys I've dated and I've wanted to simply ghost them because that's easy. Uh, You know, I avoid the fear of conflict or I have wanted to play it cool and be like, yeah, it's totally cool that you fuck like eight other women. Yeah, I'm totally okay with that. Like I'm, I'm poly. I'm open. Well, no, I'm not. I want one boyfriend and one boyfriend only. So I have had to have difficult conversations with the guidance of my therapist or my mentor where I have simply wanted to text them or email them or just disappear. But instead, I call them up because I have self-respect and say, hey, you know, I have I'm, let's talk about this difficult thing, whether it's like me and you being together or me and you breaking up and let's get on the same page as respectable adults and end things like it's funny. I had this one moment where I had to tell a guy that like, although he ghosted me, I'm moving on. I was just talking to his voicemail for like four minutes. Uh, The dude totally, totally, I mean, disappeared into thin air, but continued to like my Instagram pictures, which was so creepy and bizarre. But I had a conversation with him where I said, you know, the the lack of of response from you and the radio silence has given me the impression that you don't want to be with me anymore. So I'm going to move on and I'm going to close this chapter of us and I wish you nothing but the best. I hung up on that phone call and you would have thought I won the lottery. I was so excited and stoked because I had self-respect. I was like, yo, you could ghost me, but I'm not going to ghost you. And treating others with respect is another great way to build your self-confidence. So if you are a ghoster, if you are an avoidant, I highly suggest you look at that and ask yourself, why do you ghost? Why are you an avoidant? And this doesn't have to be romantic. Why are you avoiding your sister? Why are you avoiding your dad? Why? And, and if this is some deeper shit that a little pep talk from Megan can't assist you with, I highly encourage therapy. Absolutely highly encourage therapy. As young as eight years old. I've been doing therapy since I was an eight-year-old. So please, please, please. Do therapy if you think it'll help you. But why are you avoiding? What are you afraid of? Really face those fears. So facing the fears could mean having a difficult conversation. It could be signing up for a class. It could be going to a city by yourself. I mean, I traveled to Berlin and London alone. Amazing, you know, being forced to make conversations with strangers, going to eat out dinner by yourself. Um, Really feeling confident in your own skin can be practiced by simply going to like a cafe and bringing a book and just, you know, eating at the bar. Like, I love doing that. Like, I'll grab a seat at the bar. All these couples are coupled up eating, and I'm at the bar eating by myself, chatting with the bartender, or just sitting alone looking at people. But who cares? You know, because I get through it and I survive, and I let go of the idea that people think I'm a loser, I'm a loner because I'm by myself. No, I'm comfortable in my own big six-foot-tall skin. You know, what I've learned is that when I speak my truth and do what's right for me, people respect me more. So when I had that conversation, that one-sided conversation with the dude who ghosted me, I didn't just let him ghost me. And I also didn't show up to his doorstep like a weirdo and like demand a conversation with him. I called him. He, of course, didn't pick up because he's whack. 
And I left him a voicemail stating that I am, you know, moving on. That is called self-respect. So if I saw this dude who ghosted me in the grocery store, I would not run across the street. I have self-respect to be like, hey, what's up? Thought you died. <laughs> Good to see you, you know, or something snarky because I'm an Aries. But point being is that like the self-respect is an inside thing. You're not going to get self-respect. You're not going to get respect from people unless you respect yourself. Respect yourself with how you take care of yourself as well. So, you know, how are you on time? Do you pay your bills? How do you groom yourself? Like this might be things that you're like, what does paying my bills have anything to do with my confidence? Because when there aren't bill collectors knocking down your door, you're going to feel more assured of yourself. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of this comes down to fear. Fear is the root of most of the things that keep us from doing what we want. So fear of being rejected, applying for a job, fear of telling somebody how we truly fear, fear of getting out of a relationship because we'll be alone, fear of applying for school because you're a certain age, fear of shifting your career because you don't want to start all over again. Fear, 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 fear. Fear also has different names. It's called anxiety. It's called insecurity. But for me, I was, this question was posed to me by my mentor. She said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And I said, oh shit, if I wasn't afraid, whoo, I would quit my comfortable corporate desk job nine to five. I'd say yes to my sister who wants me to do this weird new thing with her. I would create a lifestyle for myself that allows me to travel. I would um, unabashedly ask dudes out or be available to ask dudes out. I would tell guys that, yeah, I want a boyfriend and not play it cool and be like, oh, I'm, I'm open to dating. Yeah, I like being in a polyamorous relationship. No, that's not my truth. If I, and she was like, cool, do all those things. And I was like, oh, wait, 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 excuse me? I got to now what? And she's like, exactly, because, you know, more recently than ever, life is too short. And for me, I do not want to live a life where I am so concerned about my body that I don't enjoy the warm Caribbean water. I do not want to live a life where I don't have the best sex ever because I'm afraid that my belly is going to suffocate some dude. I do not want to live a life where I'm afraid to travel because I don't want to be alone in a city looking like a loser. No. Like for me, the idea of missing out on all these beautiful moments in my life is more crippling than actually facing these fears. And once you face these little fears, you build more confidence. You're like, hey, I just flirted with this dude and I didn't die. And he didn't diss me or he totally did diss me, but I survived. You know, I'm not saying that like every dude I holler at is interested in me. Not at all. Absolutely not. Like, no, but I don't place value or importance on that person not being interested in me. I don't think I'm less of a human because that guy doesn't want to fuck me. You know what I mean? And that is huge, especially for younger women. We have to separate that, that our, our physicality and the level of how people desire us is, is equal to our self-worth. Nope, not at all. So, you know, I hope that you guys grabbed some, some interesting tips and tidbits on how to build self-confidence. You know, I think that we have so much to offer more than how we look. And, you know, to any kind of takeaway, if I could like sum up how my self-confidence, it's, it's, it's a process. It, I did not just wake up one day because let me tell you guys, in my adult life, I have had more money than I dreamt of. I have weighed the least amount in my adult life. I've had the cars, the prestige. I've had 
the trinkets. I've had all of that. But when you can truly be self-confident, when you're a little pudgy, when you're bloated, when your stretch marks are popping, when your cellulite is on fleek, when you're hairy, when you're pasty, when, you know, like that is a true sense of like an inside job, an inside shift of your self-worth knowing that, yeah, you do feel a little hotter when you got your freakum dress on and your legs are shaved and you got your push-up bra on, of course, because you're tapping into that divine femininity, like that sexual, just like, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an Aries, so I rule with the head and, you know, like we're fire, I'm a fire sign, I'm fuego, you know, but for other people, feeling confident could be scoring a really amazing golf score or they nailed, they nailed their souffle or they nailed their paper or they nailed their lip injection if they're an injector or they nailed, you know, like the, being their, their mom job in their kindergartners, you know, like whatever, whatever it is. Like, it does not have to be a physical thing. Just work on doing things that make you feel confident the way you are, make you feel like uh, you have, like, a little talent or a party trick. Really try to develop that. And like I said, the, the party trick doesn't have to literally be, like, magic or, like, blowing balloons or anything. I'm talking about, like, making people feel comfortable. And also do esteemable things to gain self-esteem. Esteemable acts could be volunteering. It could be honing a hobby. It could be brushing your teeth. <laughs> I mean, you have a little more self-esteem when you know your breath is minty fresh. You know, those are little things, little tips and tricks. So if you, just to wrap up this episode, if you are hating yourself, if you feel like you're not worth it, if you feel like you're unworthy, if you don't feel like you're competent enough, stop right there. When, when that negative talk comes up, tell your inner hater, goodbye, I don't have time for you today. Instead, I'm going to choose to say, wow, this body just walked three miles. Wow, this body just held a baby for nine fucking months. Wow, this body just finished a term paper. Wow, this mouth just chewed a whole bunch of food and digested it. Wow, you know, these fingers just knitted a scarf. Like really, really, I'm talking about basic, like, these knees just bent down to pick up something that fell on the floor. Like instead of focusing on the negative, focus on the positive and it doesn't have to have anything to do with like once your tummy gets flat or once your boobs get bigger or once your butt gets higher and more firm, whatever. No, that's not it. Really, really, really try to count the days. Today is day one of not talking shit on myself and then celebrate when you have 30 days. I have 30 days of not talking shit on myself. Wow, who would have thought? And then before you know it, it's gone. You could fully enjoy life and be present with the people who you love. And life is so much juicier and more enjoyable when you're not worried about yourself, okay? So hope you guys got something out of this. Uh, if you have any feedback or if you want to share this with people, please do so. We're on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Um, so please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. If not five stars, please, I expect a reason why. Um, and once again, I'm not afraid. So let me know. But um, I hope you guys got something out of this and, you know, just any sort of takeaway that life's too short not to love yourself. And I know it's not easy. I know it's not easy, baby, to, to love yourself, but it, can, it is possible. Coming from a person who thought I would die hating myself, it is absolutely possible to not. So thank you guys so much for listening and take care and be well.